Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you had the best day, the best week that you possibly could have. And if this is your first time tuning in to Conversations with Toy, thank you for tuning in. Thank you absolutely for turning in. I don't believe that anything just happens by accident. And so if you stumbled upon somehow looking for something else and you stumbled upon this podcast, that was because this podcast was for you. And specifically, this podcast might have been for you for today. If you're wondering what type of topics that we talk about on this podcast, we talk about mental health, talk about self-care. We talk about a couple things that has happened on these internet streets, and we just talk about life in general. Now, oftentimes I will have a guest and sometimes I do not. Today, we do have a guest that's going to be coming on a little later. But before we get to our amazing guest, I want to preface that this particular episode may be a little bit of a difficult to listen to. We are going to talk about the uh, the situation that happened or the suicide, unfortunately, that happened with Stephen Twitch Boss. Now, before we get too deep into it, let me be very clear. I make no speculation as to why and how and all of the things that is not going to happen on this episode. That's number one. Number two, because I'm not speculating and that's just not what I'm doing. If you want to listen to someone who has conspiracy theories about what they think may have, could have had, or why he did what he did, there's no way of knowing that, right? So if you want to be entertained by that, this would not be that podcast because we're not going to talk about it from that perspective. No one knows what goes on in the mind of another person. Even the, the most intimate of partners knows what fully goes on in the mind of another person. And let's just keep it real. Let's say for some reason they get a, a aha moment and they believe in their mind that they figured out as to why it was done. It will not bring a sense of peace to this family. In addition to that, in addition to that, I highly doubt that his wife would release that information. You know, think about it, thinking about it from a perspective of myself being a wife with three children of my own that I share with my husband, I would be in the most devastated way that I wouldn't even have time to entertain people because when you have that level of small children, you have to put all of your energy to wrap around them. And so my heart literally goes out to his wife and his three children. Because they are the ones that when all of the hoopla of, you know, my God, this is something that happened, dies down. When these holidays hit going forward and years to come, this will forever change who they are as individuals and who they are as a family. So again, there will be no speculation of why it could have happened. What led up to the situation? That is not my job. The police, the the detectives, all of the people that are in charge of whatever may go down with that, the autopsy, all of that will come down to them. So in this particular episode, again, I preface that this episode may be a little difficult to listen to because anytime you talk about mental health, 
if you're dealing with mental health, it can and will trigger you. Now we talk about mental health quite often. I talk about it in almost 99% of the episodes because I have shared my story once before, but I don't mind giving a full quick recap. I have had my own mental health issues. Um, It started by recognizing myself having postpartum depression uh, and then realizing that I also had, you know, episodic depression and anxiety and just a, you know, a slew of things. And when you're dealing with being at your lowest moment, for me, let me be honest, I can only speak about myself. I have no answers for why other people go through the, what they go through, even with their mental health. So when I'm talking, I speak for myself. And for me, when I was dealing with it, especially with like the postpartum depression, when I first started to go through it, this was after the birth of my second child. Now, when I look back, I do believe I had a touch of it with the first, but it wasn't as prominent as it was with my second. And I found myself almost at that borderline psychosis. Now, not the type where I was going to harm my, my children or myself or my husband or anything like that, but just at the point of like that show enough, show enough, show enough breaking point where you feel like you've lost it all. And it can be the most damaging thing to a relationship to have, you know, not necessarily to have a mental health issue, but to have it and it be so much on display. Now, what do I mean by being on display? When I was having my postpartum depression, I had intimate friends. I had friends that were close to me who saw me at like, it wasn't even the worst of the worst, but it was almost borderline to the worst, right? Some of those friends understood and tried to assist, tried to help. And then those other ones were just like, run, tell that, right? And it can be embarrassing when you're having an episode, you're in an episodic situation where all hell is breaking loose. And it's like, you can see yourself having is going left. You can feel it going left, but you're so deep into it that you cannot pull yourself out. And that is why I say when it comes to mental health, Y'all have got, we have got, all of us collectively have got to have a better discussion about what mental health quote unquote looks like. Immediately when the story broke, everybody was talking about what he looked so happy. This is talking about Twitch. We'll get back to me in a minute. Twitch looks so happy. And if you know anything about mental health, if you've been around somebody for 2.3 seconds, you know that there is no mental health doesn't always have to look downtrodden. You don't always have to be crying. You don't always have to be upset. You don't always have to do these things. You could be happy-go-lucky, having everything in the world look like it's in its proper place and still not be okay. And as we say all the time that it's okay to be okay, but the reality is sometimes when you're not okay, the people around you don't always respond in the same manner that you would want them to. So we're going back to my story where you know, I'm done with this postpartum depression. I am literally almost to the full breaking point. And I have people that are just like watching, like literally watching this unfold. And instead of there being a friend, instead of they're trying to assist and this, we'll get to another part of that too. I found that they decided to go and tell the people, oh, you know, she's just acting crazy. She's this, she's that, you know, she's combative. She's argumentative. Oh, I've heard it all. Right. And I'm going to be honest, it can be embarrassing as much as people are so more understanding, I would say, more understanding of mental health. People ain't all the way there like like we want them to be, right? And so I say that to say that 
Sometimes it can be so embarrassing that you'll keep it to yourself just because you don't want to bring someone else in. You don't want to have to explain why you're feeling the way you're feeling. You don't even want to explain the fact that you just feel so overwhelmed that you don't even feel like you can like see through the woods. It's almost like being in a wooded area. You got all this stuff happening and you want to be able to see, you think you see the light and just, you know, you just have on, you know, onlookers looking at you, right? Somebody had posted on social media about how we're all posting and I'm sure a lot of us are posting things like check on your friends, check on your, you know, be honest about yourself. I, for one, this is the platform by which this podcast was started. This is the platform by which my blog was started almost eight years ago. I've been trying to get people to understand the severity of mental health. And again, I am no mental health expert, but I know from personal experiences, sometimes, listen, sometimes when you listen to certain things, podcasts, music, whatever the case may be, it'd be the people that's like the everyday person that you can relate to. Cause you'd be like, you know what? She said exactly what I wanted to say. I just couldn't figure out how to say it. So when people say, check on your strong friend, check up on this, check up on that. Can we just be honest about what that actually looks like? Sometimes when people say check up on your strong friend, you have got to have the tools by which to help your actual friend. Now you may say, well, I'm not a professional. No one's asking you to be a professional, but there also has to be a compassionate spirit about you, right? I have been saying this and I've learned this lesson by listening to other parents um, who have, you know, children that are older than mine. My oldest is 13 and we're getting ready to cross over into that high school level. And I just been praying like, Lord, give me the words to say that it will bring her together, that I can be a resource to her and not a hindrance. Right. And so I say that to say that sometimes we say, check on your friend, do all these different things. But the reality of it is, is that if you don't have the tools, if you're not compassionate, when you talk about other topics to just your friends in general, that begins the gauging process of whether or not a friend feels like they can reach out to you. Let me give you an example. If you have a problem with the LGBTQ plus community, I hope I got all of the acronyms correct. When you do that and you're like, oh, I don't think, I don't like them. I don't like their lifestyle. I don't do that. And then you have a, a, a cousin, a, a, a child, a, you know, a sibling, somebody in your close corners that are hearing the things that you're saying about just that topic alone. How would do you make it conducive for them to speak to you? Now, I know we're going to say, well, you know, that don't matter. You can just come talk to me. I'm here for you. But are you really? Your conversation may have already have already placed you in a position that people are just like, yeah, I can't go and talk to her about that. I can't go and talk to him about that because they already heard the way you handled certain situations. This is why I had to be reminded. I have to be reminded. I'm constantly being reminded that as a parent, my kids are already listening to how I respond about certain things. If I'm talking about, a, ooh, look at your cousin with that tight outfit, da, 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 da. They're already putting in their mind how I feel about certain topics. So I just want to put that out there that when we say things like check on our friend, let's just keep it real. Are you conducive to having someone be able to come and speak to you and feel like they could be heard? Are you compassionate when you speak? Let me just say some things that used to be it. Well, I don't even know. I don't think they're a tr trigger now. But they were a trigger back then. Now, I am a PK, which means a preacher's kid, right? I've grown up in the church my entire, entire life, right? For most of my entire life. And so 
when I would talk about like, I'm feeling a certain way or I'm struggling with something. When I was dealing with my postpartum depression in the beginning, you know, people say, oh, reach out to somebody. Let me just say I did all those things. I need somebody to hear me. I did those things. I reached out to people and you know what I got back in return? Girl, you just tired. You got to go to sleep when the baby is asleep. Do you know how many naps I was trying to take when that baby was asleep or when my babies, cause I had two kids at one time at, you know, at some point, do you know how many naps I was taking and still getting up, still feeling overwhelmed and, and stressed and, and didn't feel like I had any hope and didn't have a village. Do you, do you know how many times I did that? Right. Okay. So I did that and they would say, Oh, you know, it's just the, 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 the mother, the mother blues, which is those first few weeks where you're trying to level out because your hormones, you know, have delivered this baby and they're all over the place. Right. And so, Oh, this will level out. Well, by month one, I was like, okay, we're beyond the two week point. And then by month and a half to two months, I'm like, Hey, we we're long gone. Right. And it probably got to almost three months before I realized like I need to go see someone. But growing up in the in the church, we weren't allowed to like talk about talking to someone outside of our home, you know, running and telling people your business type of situation. And this is why I'm anti against that. If you don't have any business that's left, you won't have to worry about having a child or anybody else not tell your business. Right. But we have that default. Right. By nature, we have that default and it's not helpful in the long run. So eventually getting help was Obviously the thing that I needed to do was definitely something I needed to do, but the process to get there, wasn't exactly as easy as everybody makes it sound. And so if you're a person that, you know, you claim, or you want to think in your mind and your heart that you are the type of person that anybody could come and talk to you about, just be careful, be careful that your speech has already, you know, put you out there that you're not the one. Like you may think that you're, oh, you know, if my friends need me, I'm going to be there. And baby, that sounds so cute when people say that. But when the rubber hits the road, that's when you'll know. When you can confide in a friend and they're not calling up the other, you know, group members and saying, well, you know, such and such and such happened. Because listen, maybe I don't want everybody in the group to know, right? And it's different if you outsource to somebody who you feel like could be a resource to that person. I've had a friend reach out to me and say, listen, one of our other friends is in a way, you know, I feel like you're the one that's better equipped. Do you mind having that conversation with them? I'm going to see if they mind having that conversation with you. That's how you do it. Right. But talking to your two other friends about what's going on is a beautiful thing. If you have it and if they have the most basic of tools of being kind, of being a listening ear. One of the things I appreciate about my husband now, because if you've listened to this podcast before, we've talked about like mental health issues and things that I went through. He wasn't always the supportive husband that he is now, right? So when I was going through that, I was feeling so alone. Nobody was understanding me. I tried to put my thought and processes into words. Whatever I am saying doesn't make sense. It's, con, you know, conjumbled up and it's, it's not really putting it, it's not aesthetically the way it should be and I'm not getting any relief. Please make sure that you're the friend that someone truly can come to you. Again, you may not always have the answer. I sometimes, not even sometimes, but I do my best to ask my friends, is this a conversation that you want an answer? Do you want a solution? 
Is this the type of conversation where you just simply want me to listen? Sometimes you have to listen and then it's like they'll invite you to kind of give them advice, but you have to have discernment. You have to have the most pristine discernment. That means the ability to hear when people are saying certain things that are not as black and white, you have to have that. That has to be a part of whatever it is that you have going on. So be the friend that somebody can come and talk to. So honestly, ask yourself, if you are that friend, do you make the conversation conducive to somebody that can listen? And and as you're pouring your heart out and you're being vulnerable, that they're not judging you. They're not saying things like it's going to get better. You know, you can say that, like you should say that you should encourage someone that it's going to get better 1000%, but you also have to be realistic about the situation. And, and sometimes that's why it's required to just listen, simply listening, not giving an answer right off the bat not telling people, well, you know, if I were you, I would do because sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work. This friendship thing is, is it, it takes a lot. It takes a, it takes, it's a little bit of a wiggle worm of a situation to try to figure things out. But I, I'll just tell you about my, when I saw the news that Twitch had passed away. I was in the middle of recording this podcast, but not this particular episode and I was interviewing a guest, but not to, not today's guest. I was doing multiple um, recordings and my phone, I never have my phone when I'm recording. Like I have it, but it's not, it's always face down. It's not kind of in a situation where I can see it. So, you know, it's just, that is just what it is. And I happened to look, or my phone just came up with the alert. Now, I don't know who broke it first as far as how it came through my phone. I don't know what news outlet that it came through might've been people. I don't remember, but whoever it was, it came on my phone as an alert. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way this is the same Twitch that, that I have seen, or, you know, we known as the dancer and the, you know, the DJ and all the things. Right. And so I kept, you know, the, the podcast interview was just about over. So I just focused in trying to finish. And the second I got done, I literally just got to my phone and just started looking up. And you know, the first place I'm going to go to is CNN. After CNN, I went on to social media, to Instagram, Twitter, and just to see like, am I, you know, can I not read anymore? Like, maybe I just can't read, you know, maybe I'm taking a step back. There's just no way this is true. Now, let me be honest. I don't know him at all, but I feel like He's one of those people that just have touched you, whether you met him or not. Right. And so seeing this broke me, it literally broke me because I thought about, and I'm not going to cry. I'm going to at least going to try not to. I thought about God, this could have been me. This could be you. This could be a lot of people, you know, there are going to be so many people that are going to judge his decision for what he did. You know, it's not up to me. It's not up to us to quote unquote, forgive, right. Whatever he's done you know, the suicide, there's nothing for us to forgive. Like the healing is going to be for his wife and his family and, you know, the close friends of his like that, that's a journey. Right. And that survivor's remorse, remorse, like, you know, he left and now you're here and she, you know, as a mom, she has to do all the things right. And, and, and then attempt, attempt to stand in the gap for both, for all three of her children, not both, but all three of their children. And so I just begin to think about it, like, you know, whatever was going on, right? Again, we're no speculations, but whatever was going on, whatever surrounded up to the moments that he decided to do what he did, it is overwhelming to think that he, 
this was what he thought was the best decision, right? This is what he came up with once he considered all the, all the thought processes, all the things that could have happened, all the things that he could have done regard, you know, regarding whatever his situation was for him at that moment. And that's where he decided. And I think that's where my heart broke. Because when you don't have hope or you feel like hope less, oh my God, it's an overwhelming feeling. And people will tell you, well, you should be grateful, right? You should be grateful for the things that you have. Should you be grateful for the things you have? Yes. But even if you have it all, you can't always see the things that you have. You can't even see what makes sense. Sense doesn't always make sense when you're overwhelmed in a real way. But pain is real. Frustration is real. Pain is real. Frustration is real. Hopelessness is real. I just want to encourage someone who's listening to this podcast. Like, I really, really want to encourage you to understand that. Listen, I know that we're, it sounds cliche to say that life gets better or things get better. But I just want to encourage someone who feels like their worst has already come to pass. And like, what else could happen? Listen, when you say what else could happen, usually things do happen. And so when it gets worse and when it feels like it's more overwhelming than what you've started out with, I just want you to hold on with everything you got. Cause I know I have experienced that deepest of lows, right? Just the deepest of lows. You think about all the things that are happening in your life all at one time. It seems like nothing is right. Nothing. That's a heart. That's a hurtful place. So Therapy is a tool. Let me be honest with you. Not everybody wants to do therapy. There are so many other different things that you can do. You can do hypnosis. There's a lot of things that you can do that can help in your journey, right? Everything in life is about a journey. Where are you trying to get to to become your best self? And sometimes becoming your best self means you have to go back. And we go back to our childhood. We go back to different points, you know, different, you know, pain points, it can be overwhelming. I remember, and this is another thing, if you've never been to therapy and you're like, you're considering it, let me be real with you and say that sometimes, oftentimes when you're in therapy, people expect for you to just like go sit on this couch or lay on this couch like they show on TV. You tell the therapist what's going on. They tell you a couple things to go and you kind of like go about your way. But sometimes releasing some of those old pains, some of those old hurts, it's draining I remember many a days leaving therapy and having to like sit in my car for 30 minutes before I could even drive. And then even after I got home, I was so overwhelmed that I had times when I had to be like, look, I got to go to bed. It was like six o'clock in the evening and I still got to go to bed. Cause simply releasing some of that, getting some of that off of you and putting it in its proper place, getting the tools from your therapist to do assignments that may unlock more work for you to do. It may unlock more chambers of thought processes. And that is what therapy is. It's not as bubbly as people would love to make it be. I'm not telling you that you can't have moments. There've been plenty of times where I've laid and released like some horrible things and I felt at peace and that peace made me smile, not because I was deranged and something was going on, but it was just like, I felt great. Even if the outcome meant that there was still more work to do, right? And you got to be prepared for that because people don't talk about that part. They talk about going to see your therapist. They tell you, oh, go get therapy. Everybody needs therapy, but there's a process to get therapy. 
when you go, maybe it's gotten easier. I know there's a bunch of online things that you can do. Like I believe it's better health, like there, um, or better help. There is a lot of things that you can do in order for you to get therapy and all those things, especially when it comes to being online. But in the traditional sense, calling someone and saying, I need to talk to someone to do an intake that may take a week or two. And to be honest with it, it could take longer. You know, I would, I've always said, and I'm going to leave a link in the, in my, in the show notes, but there are things that you should do. Like if you haven't heard a phone call back, cause some people will say, well, give me your information and we'll call you back. So you're kind of in limbo until you call the next number and figure that out. And even sometimes just doing that becomes overwhelming. You know, I'm making the calls. I'm trying to get together, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. And it just seems like, you know, it's not really fully doing what it needs to do. Please be encouraged to continue with the process. It can be tedious. My first time going to my therapist, I think I had to call her back twice. And then when I got the, well, the, the facility twice. And then when I finally got through, you know, I tried to overload all my questions that I needed to have answered. And that just felt overwhelming, but it worked out. It worked out. And again, therapy, you can do acupuncture. There's a lot of things that you can do that is about a wellness journey that will legit help you in your self-care. And it will help you while you're transitioning through the pain that you're experiencing from your childhood. Maybe something with a parent, something with a sibling. Maybe you're an only child. Maybe your parents or the people who raised you have gone on and now you're on this earth alone. Like you, It's a lot going on with people. And during the holidays is the worst. During the holidays is when people feel it the most, the most, you know, when you look at your, you know, your open up your presence, if that's what you do, maybe your holidays is about having a special dinner. And then you look around the room and the people by which you just were a part of your entire life are no longer there. Like that's overwhelming. And this is one of the hardest times of the year. Once you start hitting to Halloween, everything past that becomes a problem. You know, you, it just is what it is. So unfortunately, Twitch is no longer here. His wife, his three children, their families on both sides, the stars that knew him, that worked intimately with him on different shows that he was doing. I mean, again, he had projects. It's a lot. And 40 years young, that's 40 years is young. That's a young man that took his life. That's a young man that's no longer here just want to encourage you. I just want you to be encouraged to do what you can, to do what you can and to take care of yourself. You know, sometimes you get frustrated when you're in the middle of a stressful situation, no matter what it may be, you know, sometimes you forget to simply eat. You know, you don't have the energy to eat. You know, you're just kind of like going along your way. Sometimes just taking care of yourself revolves eating better. Taking care of yourself may, may involve saying no and not taking on projects, not helping somebody, you know, you, you worked all day and now somebody that, you know, you know, and they want to ask you, Hey, can you take me to the grocery store? And then can you run me over here? And then can you take me this? And can you give, and can you do sometimes our healing journey comes in learning to say no and learning to be okay in that knownness without having to overly explain why you said no, like no is a full sentence. And I just keep having to remind people because if y'all say I can't do something or I can't be there, I would never go to somebody and say, why can't you be there? Like, just let it go. They don't owe me 
I don't owe you. We don't owe each other an explanation every single time we want to say, no, I can't come or I'm declining that invitation or I, you know, I'm just not, I'm not there. If you need a break these next couple of days and maybe in the next couple of weeks, I want you to go ahead and take it. Now, what do I mean by a break? Maybe you need a physical break and maybe you need some time away from your job. If that's what you have and you have the bank to support it. And by bank, I mean like time and different things, do it. And if you're in a situation where like, I don't have no more time, like find little incidents where you can literally get back to you, maybe turn your house into a little, you know, self-care moment and literally get back to the bare bone basics. You know, have you been taking care of your skin? Have you been washing your face the way you need to? Have you been taking consistent showers? Like, because when you get in depression, depression can have your house looking like you ain't, you need to be outside. Like you belong outside, but you in indoors. Sometimes pressure can, depression can look like that. Sometimes depression can look like not eating for two to three days, not even recognizing that you haven't eaten in two, three days. And then it's like a jolt, like, oh wait, where have I been? What is it going on? This is all a part of self-care, learning yourself. So we need a little bit of joy. We need a little bit of joy to spruce ourselves up. So today's guest is a little blue but not in the way that we think. So I had the elite, and I say elite privilege of speaking to Mike Brown. He is a part of the Blue Man Group. And if you know anything about the Blue Man Group, if you even say the word Vegas in your spirit, it should automatically think and consider the Blue Man Group. But we have Mike Brown, who has been in the Blue Man Group for almost a decade and a half. He started off, you know, um, in his hometown in Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts, where he had the incredible honor of working and performing with all the talented people at the Charles Playhouse. He has also had the amazing good fortune of performing in New York, Chicago, Orlando, internationally in Berlin and Germany. And now Mike is going to be a part of the North American tour and they are coming to Philadelphia. The Blue Man Group has not been in Philadelphia itself as a group in over 10 years. And Mike has never been to Philadelphia. So this would be the first for him. Um, so that's an amazing thing to hear too. So Mike would not be here without the love and support of his family and friends. He is grateful for you all. Some of Mike's favorite hobbies includes playing board games, watching Monster House, dreaming drumming for uh, crash smash explode and ghost busting. That's very interesting. He hopes you enjoy the show and that you get a good chance to pick up a good book this summer. So Mike is a part of the blue man group. The blue man group again has been very synonymous with Vegas, you know, residencies They're in different places in the world. They tour a lot often across the world and the blue man group always uses things like sound music, just kind of like having a good time. And the show can be really just like individualized. Like what you get from it may not be the same thing that I get from it, but having the blue man group here is going to be amazing fun. Now they are here in the Philadelphia on December the 27th through December the 31st at the Kimmel center. This is going to be amazing. I have tickets for the 27th and I cannot wait to get in the building and just have a good time. Like I can't just wait to see how they come together and put this show together. I have never seen the show, the blue man group in Vegas. Um, I know again that they're in different places around the world, but I have yet to see them. And even though I was just in Vegas in July, I do believe they might have had a show going on while I was there. I just didn't have the time, like the physical time to do it. But I, 
am so excited that here in Philadelphia, we'll be able to experience the Blue Man Group. So the show is for everyone, all ages, come out, have a good time, keeping in mind, keeping in mind that the show probably would be a little bit more suitable for five and up, but you, you know, you're more than welcome to bring anyone younger than that. So without any further ado, let's have the good conversations with Toy. Welcome to Mike Brown. All right. Thank you. Conversations with Toy family. We have a whole treat a blue treat. Now I have on a blue sweater. Y'all cannot see me. You know, I never do the audio, the video of what we do, but I have on blue just to celebrate the fact that I have one of the, I, I have to say this, if you've ever heard or been to Vegas or wanted to travel to Vegas, there's one group that you've heard and it's called the Blue Man Group. And the Blue Man Group is synonymous with Vegas. You can't even think about going to Vegas without thinking about, are they performing? Are they there? The answer to that question that I found out today is that they are there. They are, if you're in Vegas looking for an amazing show, the Blue Man Group is happening right now in Vegas. However, for my Philadelphia family, they are coming to the Philadelphia. And I heard this is the first time that they've ever been in Philadelphia. So I'm going to let my guest introduce himself. And he can let you know who he is. And we're going to get him right into this conversation. Take it away. Hello, my name is Mike Brown. I have been a blue man since 2003, and I am currently on the North American tour, and we will be coming to Philly, and we're ready to rock and party and have a great time with the audiences out there. All right, so you heard it first. Blue Man Group is coming to Philadelphia. Now, if you're wondering where, how, when, first of all, they're coming on December the 27th through the 31st. They are going to be at the Kimmel Center, which we all know and love, which is like the mecca of all things, great shows. But how amazing is it to not have to go all the way out to Vegas to be right here in our backyards to see the Blue Man Group? Now, I will be at the show. I'm going to be on the, the show on the 27th. So oh, I can't wait. Oh, well, we know you have to be there. <laughs> so talk about the show. Like, what's been some of the biggest parts that you have enjoyed doing the show? Because you've been this has been a long time coming. Yeah, this act, this show is actually a completely brand new show. Uh, the director started building it. The directors, writers, and creative people started building it in like 2018. And in the summer of 2019, all the performers got together to learn what they had written and basically start building building a show, building the brand, a brand new show. And that truly has been a gift to me as a performer because the other show I performed for several years and you have a preconceived thought when you're doing it because you've been doing it so long. And right. this one was, was so is so brand new that it's just fresh every time in your in my mind. And it's a it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to perform, perform this show. So uh, performing the show, obviously different show, which we love to hear. So Philadelphia, this is a brand new show that has not been done. So we're excited about that. What have been some of the takeaways that you've heard from audience members who you may have met who've said things to you like what have been their takeaways when any show that they've ever attended? Our show is really hard to describe, and that's for a lot of reasons. There's no, there's no spoken word. There's no, it's kind of a personal experience for everybody. But without a doubt, everybody who comes out of it said, "I just had so much fun. That was so much fun. This is this show is fun," and that is true, one hundred percent true. It's just one hundred percent natural, intoxicating fun, and we we are excited to share it with everybody. Now, my question is, how long does it take for you to go blue? It takes about 30 minutes, truly. And it's a very simple process. But the the mental uh, 
aspect of it is maybe a little bit more complicated because you're releasing, um, you know, normal aspect or expectations you have as a person. And then you have to respond as a blue man, but in terms of the makeup and everything, it's 30 minutes to get on 30 minutes to get off. Okay. That's not, that's not actually bad. I, I just interpreted that it would take a lot longer, maybe because you can do it quicker too. If you were in a, in an emergency, I've seen guys do it in like 10 minutes, the whole thing, get ready. Um, yeah. And the, the paint is a, a, a blue grease paint. That is actually our own special color made by Mayron blue man, blue or special blue man, I think it's called. And, um, it's grease paint that never dries. So it's always viscous Tacky and, and wet. Okay. Wet. Yeah. So how long does it take to come off? Now we know it takes 30 uh, minutes, 30 minutes, same time. Oh, wow. I would have mm -hmm. thought it would just come off easily. I would, I don't know. I don't know if I can go blue. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is a uh, unique experience all the time. Every day that I'm putting the blue on my face, I'm like, this is crazy. I don't believe I get to do this. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking forward to the most coming to Philadelphia since this is the first time that you've been in the city? Is there anything that you're looking forward to do, especially? I'm, I, I always love what, getting around the cities and seeing the areas. I'm super excited to be there during the holidays. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm super excited for our New Year's Day show. That Those will be pretty fun. Um, so yeah, it's, it's mainly doing the show. When I'm out on tour, there's, it, it's a... Uh, the show is always the best outlet. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. And now yeah. it's because it's during the holidays. Is there something that you do that's outside of Blue Man Group that is like your favorite holiday thing to do? Uh, go to the Christmas Story house, the house from A Christmas Story. I've mm -hmm. been I've been numerous times. And last year, you can rent it like an Airbnb. And my wife and I stayed in it. <laughs> How fun was that? I actually never oh, knew man. you could do that. It was incredible. And now I don't know if you heard someone sell, they're they're selling that house no yeah they're it's it's a really they're actually selling the whole business but anyway blue man group <laughs> <laughs> i just had to throw that in there because you know we're we're so close to the holidays um and so what is the age group that you would expect to come to this show because you know there's i feel like this could be a show for all ages absolutely any and all ages maybe younger children like below two or, or three they might be a little scared um from the sounds or whatnot but we also don't promote fear we're not going to just interact with some some being just to scare it especially a baby it's uh, the blue men are always out there for fun and for positive interactions so uh, yeah at anybody we're out there to make friends and who better than everybody <laughs> <laughs> of course i love that because uh my kids i took one of my kids to a show at the kimmel and they saw your guys's poster and they're like oh my gosh i want to go too and i'm cool. like okay i guess we're i'm gonna have to go back and take them as well because they are serious and when are you seeing it the 27th oh perfect our first day there mm -hmm. our first, it's show. first day first shot season fresh with the fresh eyes so i can't wait because again i mean i talked about this on the podcast but I, the first time i ever went to vegas was in july this past july and I kept seeing the posters. So your guys' posters and everything was up. I wasn't sure if it was showing. I can't remember. But I remember telling my husband, like, if we ever come back to Vegas and we don't go see the Blue Man, don't even bring me back to Vegas at this point. Because it's synonymous. Yeah. We actually are in Chicago, Boston, and New York as well. And and Berlin, which I'm sure people in Philly aren't going to commute to Berlin. <laughs> hey, but if you want to go, that hey, open up yeah. those, uh, those good. Beautiful uh, there. The theater there is really cool. I've I've been there. 
So what is the one thing, like, how do you get ready for the show? I know you said it's like a, you know, it's more mental. How, what's your process of getting ready to go into Blue Man character? Um, warming up physically, like stretching or, or, or drumming on a drum pad because the Blue Men use drums to mainly communicate and music. Um, also, it's really important, I think, for the three Blue Men and the band members. We have two band members out here that's a part of our onstage team. For us to be in the room and vibe out with each other, joke around with each other, talk about what we've been doing that day, talk about what we what we think of last night's show and what we want to do with this, just kind of uh, get our creative juices flowing together, so that way we have a established connection before going on stage. Now, because you've been doing it so long, what makes you still want to continue doing it? Because you know, it's, after you've done something for yeah. so many years, it's just like, does it get redundant to you? N if I'm being honest, putting the costume on gets, cause it's just a process. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not complaining, but it's like, geez, I got to tie these shoes again. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I don't think I would ever really go grow tired of it because it's such a, a, a new experience every time it's a, it's if a, if a, if a blue man's performing well, you aren't approaching the show like you do it the same A, B, C every time. It can go A, F, Q, you know, it can jump around. Um, um, so yeah, I think just performing the show, acting and drumming are like my two favorite things. And when I first saw the show uh, in 97, that was just like, I instantly was like, I want to do that. <laughs> wow. So yeah. you saw the show in 97, decided that you were going to, you know, you, this was something you want to do. And then the opportunity came open. How was that? Uh, amazing. I, I ended up moving to New York after graduating college in the early 2000s. And then um, I ended, actually ended up starting working for Blue Man as a back backstage crew member in November of 2002. I was a, a, a deck two sub, which means I built some of the props that go on stage. I set the props. I set the stage. I do certain video cues or certain cues for the finale. It was, and even that, like if I hadn't gotten Blue Man, I think I would still be a crew member probably at Blue Man. And because it's just such a fun experience. It's such a great uh, organization. It's really a, a tight knit family and it's super fun. I love that as well. Um, and I was that was uh, going into my next question, which is how you guys get, all got along just because, you know, you're on tour with each other. There's a lot of time spent. You're away from your families and friends. So it's kind of hard. Like it may be hard. I don't know how it's hard or not. So how do you guys like, do you have like a self, do you have a self-care routine? Because we always talk about self-care in this podcast. Do you talk or do you have like your self-care go-tos? I think a lot of people might seek, seek out yoga in certain areas. Uh, a lot of people go to the gyms in our hotel and hopefully the hotel gyms are, are good in the hotel we're in uh no the, <laughs> well maybe not always but um mm -hmm. the the blue men always try to get together at least once a month to just you know for kind of like a meeting but we'll we'll usually get lunch or something and to just again vibe out see how everybody is doing talk about work-related business or even just talk about friend-related business that way we're always there for each other like you're saying being on the road can be uh unique it's not it's not always negative, but it can be negative because you're, like you said, a lot of factors. And yeah, there's a lot of things I'm sure that goes into being away. But luckily, we truly are out there with wonderful coworkers. Has there been a guest, a famous or not, that has stuck out to you? Like, as soon as you think about an infamous guest that you've had, you know, what has that experience, what was that experience like? 
out of all the experiences with this certain show, we have an, a moment where we bring two people up on stage and interact with them and try to get them to interact with each other. And anything that usually happens that's out of the norm is gold. Like I've seen people get up and dance. I've seen people get up and dance on blue men. I've seen people oh, get up and, and uh, run off stage. It, 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 or I've seen people sing. It's, it's, anything can happen. And when that happens, you truly know you're riding on the edge of possibility. You don't know what's going to happen. So, and again, that's what I feel the audience, one of the main, main things they came to see. Now, will there be opportunity to buy like trinkets and things to take home little, you know, anything I, like that from the show? I, we don't travel with merch on this tour. I think it's a cost effective thing. Okay. So, uh, and we also, we used to do meet and greet, but with COVID, we don't come out into the audiences as of right now. So I think that's just a kind of a, a dual situation where if we're not out there, we're, we're not going to be selling things either, which is a bummer because we could, I, people are always looking for it, but mm -hmm. um, that decision's out of my hands. <laughs> All right. So you heard it. Don't come looking for the goodies and all the things, but the goodies is, is, is being in the show and experiencing that and exactly. taking away. Cause everybody's going to take away something different from the show, no matter who they are. A hundred percent. So what has been one of the, I won't say negative, but what has been one of the lessons that you've learned while doing the show, whether it be something that applies to the group or something that applied to you personally that touched you, like what has been a lesson that you've learned? Um, it, I, I struggle with preconceived notions, like, like not only performing, but also interacting with fellow performers. And I've learned that whatever you expect, you shouldn't expect. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Everyone's allowed to, it's like, I'm saying, it's like, I'm saying if, if, if I implement, if I tell a blue man that I want him to do the way I want, then he's not doing it the way he wants they want you know they, they and so therefore you got to give them the room to be themselves and that's been a, a a struggle since day one because also our show we we encourage uh notes between performers a little bit it hmm. used to be more but now it's a little less um but there still is room for us to like talk to each other and that can be a uh a tricky area to go when you're a co-worker hmm. yeah but I've learned again that um, maybe not everything needs to be said. Uh, give give certain things time, and then talk about it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of my fellow performers are listening to me say this and being like, "Yeah, you need to work on that." <laughs> well, we 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 all have something we have to work on yeah. as well. Um, what have been some of the I won't call them a struggle, but we talked about some of the, you said the preconcept pre you know conceived notions about what should be happening what has been some of the blessings that you felt like you've received just from doing the show because we talked about that part let's talk about the good of the good of the show I've, that you've I've made I've made so many friends through this business I've gotten to I right now I only have to go to Hawaii and then I've been to every state um I mm. was in Alaska for two I was in Alaska for two weeks and that was crazy it was super fun so being able to go places the people I get to meet and and more importantly, the people that I have become friends with, um, those are priceless. Those those things, and but also just being able to perform and make people laugh—that's like uh, <laughs> it's a little vitamin I get every day. <laughs> 
Yeah, so, laughter is, you know, is is good for the soul, right? But also making people laugh. That's like not only laughing yourself, but when you get to make someone laugh, it feels like you're doing good or or at least spreading positivity. Now, has there been like little mini bloopers that has happened during the show, meaning things that oh, have happened that should not have happened, has happened, and the audience may not even have taken notice? Have, have you had those moments? Yes. Being a touring show and going in and out of sometimes four cities a week. So like you're doing one show and then you're leaving. You have to be open to the fact that um, not everything might go as well as you want it to because that's it's an it, there's so many x factors you know like like an instrument might, might not be plugged in and then all of a sudden you're playing something that's not on uh so but i i don't think the audience when they watch it are very aware of it and if they are they probably think it's part of the show one time a water pipe busted over the audience in um oh, God. I, I don't remember what city it was something wrong with the pipes in the the building right and we heard after it that so many people were like oh this is just part of the show <laughs> and then we had to stop the show and cancel it because water was just raining Everywhere. right all over everybody so yeah even if like uh, oh, gosh. Uh, yeah if blue man's shoes were to catch on fire i bet people would be like this is funny how the how they write this <laughs> oh my god you know what that is I, I mean i guess i could see that from a point of a, a audience member once you start bringing in water i got to go yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah water is a lot we there's a lot of uh flying sound in our show and we use water to um show that basically visible sound that's the way i, I like to think about it and i'm sure other guys do too like when we're drumming, I'm uh, pouring colored water on the drums to make it visible or to show that we're shooting energy out. So be sure to wear your poncho. <laughs> oh, I have a couple of them. I'm going to have it ready. <laughs> or right. my hat is going to go on my hair. That's this. That's just what it's going to be. <laughs> what has been, I know you guys have traveled. You, you said you've traveled to almost every state except for Hawaii. So what's stopping you from going to Hawaii? Y'all better get somebody I over think, I think my wife and I are, are loosely talking about right when we're done going to Hawaii for a weekend as a nice vacation at the end of all this. So we'll see. I listen, if not, if I just, not definitely sometime soon. Yeah, you should do that. I went to Hawaii for my honeymoon years ago. It cool. was amazing. Like we didn't want to leave. It was just the vibes. The people were really, really nice. So really? make sure you get awesome. out there. Uh, definitely. <laughs> my wife has been. And so she always talks about how wonderful it is. She's not lying. It's very much <laughs> it's amazing uh what are some of the things that you know we talked about you know every show is not the same but what are some of the key elements that someone who is trying to prepare for the show may not be fully aware of what they may be quote-unquote getting themselves into what should the audience come in with the open mind to expect i uh, again uh, just fun like i i think don't bring any expectations just come in with um can just start from the beginning and see what it means to you. That's one of my favorite things about the show too, is like uh, as I said earlier, it's, it's personal for everyone. So I would say maybe, maybe make those decisions after the show when you get to see it. Um, yeah. And the show can get a little loud, but not bad. Okay. In terms of our music, it's, it's a, it's a rock show. It's a, it's a rock and roll show. 
Yes, um, that's the part I'm most excited about, honestly. Um, so, my so in a positive way, you, be prepared to feel that, feel that sound, feel that energy. Okay, because I'm bringing, I think I'm bringing my husband for at least the first show, then apparently I got to go back and get tickets for the kids. But um, <laughs> uh, we talked about not having really expectations, but just coming in to experience the joy of the sounds and all of the things. Um how do you decompress from a show? Like you have all this energy that may go into, you know, you're putting energy out, you know, you're putting this energy out. How do you decompress after a show? Uh, eat or sleep or take a shower. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty basic. <laughs> the funny, this job has turned me into a night owl because it's, I work at night. Mm. So usually it's even when I get home at like 11 o'clock at night, I, I I'm based out of Boston where I usually do the show. And, um, which is where I am now. And, um, usually I just come home and watch TV and relax, but it keeps me up late. Mm. Usually in bed by like two or something. Cause my energy is all up. I could imagine like, that's what I, even with me, when I go to a show, like sometimes I can't always come down. So if this show is going to be the way it is, I, I'm, I'm probably going to be up a little later than I normally, normally mm -hmm. would, <laughs> but in a good way, in a good way. So before we leave, we're excited for the show. First time in Philly. It's going to be a unique show, obviously. Every show may not be the same. Um, and you guys are here from the 27th through the 31st. I can't stress that enough. The tickets are available now. You can get your tickets now. And they're going to be here from the 27th through the 31st at the Kimmel Center. What is one, I know we talked about slightly about things that you're looking forward to while you're in Philly. Are you going to get a cheesesteak while you're in Philly? hundred percent. And in fact, I'll probably end up getting two because those two places are, I can never remember the names. They're right across the street from each other. Right. I, I think I know what you're talking about and Philly do not come from my neck just because I don't, I don't know offhand because it's been a long morning for me. So don't, don't do that. But yes, <laughs> they are right across the street from street from each other. Yeah, so yeah. you have to make sure you visit. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to the food there. The food is amazing. This is like a foodie city and um, there's a thousand and one restaurants according, you know, according to what you want that I'm sure will be lovely to have and host you guys. Definitely. All right. So any last words before we end this? We are, we are super excited to see you, Philly. So come on out and have fun with us. Amazing. Love Blue Man. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Again, I'm wearing my blue in honor of the blue man. Even though you can't see me, trust me, I have it on. But I look forward to seeing all of the blue men together and just seeing it come from, you know, such an iconic stage of Vegas, of which we know it is, and then bringing it to Philly. I cannot wait. So thank you for even making Philly a part of the tour. This is great. Oh, yeah. We're, we're super excited to be there. All right. Now, what did you think? The Blue Man Group is here in Philadelphia, bringing a little bit of joy, bringing a little bit of rock, bringing a little bit of all the things to have the most electrifying show. You know, I'm going to talk about it next week on the episode so we can just have that good conversation. So I hope that you enjoyed listening to Mike. Mike, congratulations on being on the North American tour. Thank you for being a part of the podcast and becoming a part of the Conversations with Toy family. I'm so excited. I cannot even begin to fathom how excited I am to see this show. With that being said, again, I can't stress enough that this episode might have been difficult to hear people or myself talk about their, their mental health. 
talk about the fact that they, you know, they wish that things could be better, but at the time they're just not feeling that way. You know, some people have been like, oh, you know, he should have done, he could have done. We can't do the shoulda, coulda, wouldas on somebody who's not even here to defend themselves, right? So I know we want to know more. Everybody wants to know more, including myself, but we also have to wait, wait, and there may come a possibility. We may not ever hear the reasons why it may go down with just those close friends and family who are not going to tell the situation to whomever, but it may come down to that. We will see. Um, but take care of you, take care of yourself, the things that you need, the things that you already have. I have been doing a big old purge in my um, office because, you know, as an influencer and blogger, I say blogger and influencer first. I'm always a blogger first. Um, I just have so much accumulation. Like you have so many products that come with all these cute packaging, but then you try to get as much as the packaging in the trash and it's just like a mess. So I did a lot of purging today. And in addition to purging, just making sure that also while I'm purging this physical office, I'm doing a little bit of purging of myself as well. That is obviously in the, in the first form, meaning clothes, but the second form just has to simply deal with just being what I need to be at any given moment. So I hope that your weekend is best, is the best possible weekend for you. You know, I don't know where you're living, listening to this. I'm so appreciative of your support. I'll tell you one thing. I can't say that, you know, other people, they have the same thing. But whenever I come back from a hiatus or my my little break time that I give myself, boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, I get welcomed back by such amazing, amazing people. The fact that you guys are going out and listening to these episodes is just amazing to me. And I'm grateful for that. So I want you to have a good weekend. The drink of the day, we're actually just going to place that on hold. I don't even have the spirit of drinking in me. And I'm like, I don't really know if I want to make this and this and that. So just know during, at some point, I'm going to give another drink of the day or the drink of the week. And that'll probably be next episode because I don't have the bandwidth to do anything else than that. So have yourself a great week. Have yourself a great weekend. I look forward to our conversation um, as we continue to just talk about the real things that are happening in life. Next week, we do have a guest as well. So I'm excited. We've been hitting pretty hard on the guests that have been talking about, again, self-care, you know, self-love, getting on a plane and coming down to California for, you know, all the things or nothing. You know, I just pray. I pray goodness, peace, and love that will come your absolute way and that, you know, all the things that you need, you'll have. And this is for all of us that we have all the things that we absolutely need. So have a great weekend. We will be back with each other. Lord's will next Friday for conversations with toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.